G'day, welcome back. To Voter Talk Podcasts, election 2023. Absolutely, what have you been up to Heather? Well I'm pleased, I've just finished my monthly um, article for The Post. Yeah. What was that about? Uh, well, it's got a national security theme. What about you? What have you been up to? Well, I've just posted on my Patreon, Unclass and the Unclass blog. Oh, I guess today's topic is defence then. Mm, and national, national security. security. Uh, well, I guess we better talk about that then. <laughs> yeah, there's hi. Been a, yeah, there's, yes, I'm Simon ewing Charvey. <laughs> and I'm Heather Roy. There's been a lot happening in this space. There has, and I, I'm always a bit disturbed when a government looks like it's not going to make it back. There's a bit of an unholy rush to get all sorts of things announced and launched so that they're firmly on an agenda. And last Friday, we saw Andrew Little, Defence Minister and Minister for GCSB and SIS, uh, launch three documents. You talked about those, Simon, in your article, I think. Yeah, I did. So there's the what's being touted as the first ever national security strategy for New Zealand. And, you know, look, we've, we've said a lot about the lack of a strategy over the past. So there'll be a few people thinking, well, that's great. You must think that's great because now there's one, but we'll come back to that. Yep. And they also launched a defence policy and strategy statement, which is, um, uh, what's the best way to describe that? This is a shell game played by successive um, defence ministers from Ron Mark through Penny Hinari to uh, now Andrew Little, moving the old policies around under a shell. You have to guess which cup they're under. and yeah. They don't actually change a heck of a lot. But uh, And then the future force design principles, uh, which is the first time this has been out in the public. Yeah, I goes. thought that was a disappointing yeah. document. But to be fair, the defence and uh, policy and strategy document did talk about building the capability of the defence force, which mm. was pleasing. Yeah. Mm. Is it a strategy? Well, I focused on my article about the national... Uh, security strategy, so-called strategy, and no, I don't think it is. Um, a, you know, a strategy um, must be contestable, and I don't see any evidence that that was. It seemed to me that it was an overarching policy that brought together or tried to group nine individual strategies that have already been written. So there was the maritime strategy, uh, the defence white papers. What else did it include? Uh, uh, countering terrorism and violent extremism strategy, the cyber security strategy. A Pacific resilience strategy. So all yeah. good things in their own. But mm. actually, to my mind, and when we've talked national strategy in the past, we've always been talking about the security-related agencies, which keep Kiwis safe, basically, mm. should cooperate and collaborate. Those agencies, government agencies, should be working together to achieve a common aim. And I don't actually see any evidence of furthering that agenda in the documents that have been put out. Mm. I'd call it a meta-policy. Yeah, that's a good description, actually. It's yeah. a, sort of a policy sitting as a wrap, an umbrella on others. The document even said it was. Yes, it did. And you know, having a strategy, supposedly, to, just, to make sure that other strategies are updated is just yeah. torturous. The word that sprung to my mind as I was reading through the documents was aspirational. Uh, and yeah. aspirational takes a lot of work to achieve. Yeah, um, yeah. The other thing is, it was jumping all over the place from very high-level aspirations down to some quite grassroots activities that were going to go on. There was very yeah. little, it's not a strategy in my mind, and there's very little coherence to it. No, that's right. The other thing that um, I wrote about, there were, two, there were two parts to it really. The cynic in me said all of those things that you've just articulated. The optimist in me thought, well, at least we have a document that says national security now. Previously, all we had were a set of guidelines that came out of DPMC, the Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet. And But at least now we do have a document that can be talked about, can be debated, and hopefully, in the, in the, in the mid to longer term, 
can be improved significantly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the uh, having, having a doc, having something to debate is better than nothing. Personally, what I would have liked to have seen is Andrew Little and so on and, and the crew announce the formation and funding of the National Intelligence and Security Agency. It's not written in the documents. They talked about it and said, oh, it's going to happen soon. That's that's the outfit that should have been writing this document. Yes, so they should have handed over to them to do, I agree. The other thing that I that it's important to think about when you're thinking strategy is the proof of the pudding is actually an implementation or execution. And so, yes, we've got this document, but without the implementation of it, actually it's just really a pipe dream. Yeah, and um, I read about that in my article about this, this lack of a sense of urgency. Mm. We've been having these same discussions since the 2009-2010 defence white paper that we were involved in. Yep. You know, China was on the rise. Russia was, we didn't know what Russia was going to do. There were troubles in the Middle East. Antarctica was starting to come on the horizon as an issue. All sorts of things. Uh, transnational crime was being discussed. Sea lanes of communication. And here we are, the shell game as I refer to it. Yes. Iteratively reproducing white papers and other policy documents, and and yet our actual capability on the front line doesn't change. Yeah. I thought Andrew Little, when he announced the three papers or strategies, whatever you want to call them, policy documents last Friday, also had an interesting use of phrase in that he said in 2023, uh, we no longer live in a benign strategic environment. And those were exactly the words that were used by Helen Clark, but in the negative yep. in 2001, which go back to the times that you were talking about. You know, we've, we've been signaling for a long time that the world is an unsafe place and dangerous yep. place. Yep. She famously said, of course, in 2001, the, uh, that we live in an incredibly benign strategic environment, yep. really indicating that geographically, because we sit down in this this uh, southwest corner of the world that we've got nothing to worry about. So very interesting to see a Labour government completely contradicting those words that she used in 2021 and her coming out on X, formerly Twitter, uh, with a 10-point thread saying actually the government's doing completely the wrong thing and there was a real anger to that, I thought, when I read them. Yeah, I can imagine they're going to be seated at either end of the former Prime Minister's table <laughs> or former Labour leader's table. Yeah. It just took me, I mean, it's nothing to do with you know all the rhetoric around China, but it just took me to that scene um, at the end of the uh, CCP formalities oh, yes. where Xi Jinping had his henchmen cart the, the previous leader of the country off on, <laughs> on world TV. I mean, it yeah. doesn't get any more stick it up here than that. And that's basically no. the way I took it that... Andrew Little, and look, I don't think for a second he just decided to do that by himself. No. They were formally distancing themselves from Helen Clark, probably for the purpose of the election. They were, and I think that her coming out, when a former leader comes out and so vocally and visibly attacks you, mm. you know that you're doomed for the coming election. Yeah, you know, mm. I read the same into yeah. it. The future force design principles and the defence policy, same, I, I just put them all in the, in the shell game, to use uh, the late... Major General Jim Mullins' words, the New Zealand Defence Force lacks the mass, the lethality and the sustainability to engage in combat operations for more than about 48 hours. Let's just be real about it. And all these political um, exercises have simply kicked that can down the road. Yeah. It has to stop. So are you optimistic, Simon, that we can move forward from here and actually bring those to life, implement them? Um, I think we'll creep forward. Um, mm. National's going to, if they come into government, which I think is most likely, more likely, 
uh, they're going to inherit a mountain of debt that they're going to try and get under control. That's been the traditional cycle of things. That's not a great environment for increasing expenditure on defence. No. So watch this space, I guess. There was one other quote that sprung to mind and I put in my article and you put in yours too, Simon, and those were the words of... Oh, Howard Kippenberger. Howard Kippenberger. And his quote was, It may be a good thing to continue doing nothing as at present and trust in the mercy of God to a people too selfish and lazy to help themselves. We can say truly that New Zealand cannot alone defend herself. So perhaps we had better leave it to others or deny that there is any danger and get on with our amusements and the rapid erosion of our land. Or we can pull ourselves together and act as a grown-up nation. Well, I thought, that, and that was 1949, and I thought, what is more apt than that quote hmm. as these three documents um, have been released? Yeah. Hmm. And uh, in, in uh, closing, we were talking history, 8th of August today is also... Chanak Beer Day in our regimental birthday. It is, yes. Uh, Wellington Regiment briefly held the heights of Chanak Beer at Gallipoli. Yes, what did you do for Chanak Beer Day in your day? We used to usually do a um, Freedom of the City parade either in Whanganui or uh, New Plymouth, one of the regimental areas, Uh, and then a cocktail party or just get get everyone in the stockade. Yeah, and I was an army engineer. We used to mark the day by visiting a plaque and then celebrating with a breakfast together. Hmm. Engineer breakfast, that sounds messy. <laughs> All right, that's it from us today. Send in your questions if you want to be in the next episode uh, of questions, audience questions. You can go to the context page on our website, talkpoint.co.nz. That's T-O-R-Q-U-E. Point. Well, you can find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and you can message us via those channels too. Great, that's it from uh, from us today. I'm Simon Ewing-Jarvie. And I'm Heather Roy. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.